Hey, we're back. This is the OMN Alumni Podcast, the official podcast interviewing alumni of Orange Media Network, the student media department at Oregon State University. Uh, I'm really excited for our guest today. He is a sports reporter for The Bulletin based in Central Oregon. It's Brian Rathbone. Brian, how's it going? Great, Stephen. Happy to be on. Good, good to see you again. It's been surprisingly like five years. I know. It's been so long, and you have had just a whirlwind time covering sports all across Oregon in those five years. First off, how are things in Central Oregon? We're recording this in January. I imagine the weather's probably a little cold over there. How are things uh, in Bend right now? Uh, Temperature-wise, it's actually been pretty uh, pretty moderate. It was like I went, went snowshoeing the other day or yesterday, and uh, it was like 45 degrees. And it was just like had to be in a sweatshirt. So it's not too bad weather-wise, but... Uh, uh, work-wise, it's, uh, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting, interesting time to kind of just with high school sports, just kind of in general, because there is like, you know, things are, you know, I'd say mostly back to normal. There's back, back to games and all, and all that, but there is just kind of that underlying or it's kind of a, the, like the, the whole COVID thing that's kind of, you know, been, that's still very present here. So yeah, you know, just kind of dealing with that and, and whatnot. As we record this, uh, it's the middle of January. Uh, Omicron has basically taken over the country at this point. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening in the future and humanity has been wiped out, this is a time capsule of what things were like in January of 2022. Uh, but as I mentioned, Omicron is is kind of going nuts right now. I know there's a lot of schools being affected by that. What is it like for you as a preps reporter where your job is to cover high school sports and it's not certain whether there might be high school sports on a day-to-day basis. Well, I will say this, it is in a much better spot than it was like a year ago. Like, so like, you just want to go back, you know, to last uh, January, there was nothing happening. And so, you know, when there's not sports happening or like, there's not, there weren't like games or anything, but they could still do like practices and whatnot. And so there's just kind of a lot of that. Like, it seemed like every couple weeks or so there was new guidelines that came out and so like like during that time it just like it sucked because you're just like everyone was just kind of, just kind of waiting for, for things to happen and weren't sure if things were gonna happen but now now they've kind of they've been playing you know sports pretty regularly for the last like nine months now if a game like gets canceled it's not like as, as big of a deal as it was like earlier um I wouldn't say it's not a big deal, but it's like, oh, they're going to reschedule the game or, you know, you just kind of have to kind of stay on top of the, you know, the d- different guidelines that kind of happen, like the, the Bend schools. So there, you know, the, the four high schools in Bend, there's, you know, crowd limitations and, and whatnot and all, all, all that fun stuff that you just kind of have to be aware of. And, but yeah, you know, you try to, you know, you try to focus on, on like, the action and the games and the, you know, the athletes and whatnot, but there is just kind of that underlying, you know, storyline that's going to that's happening where it's just like, it's hard like to avoid it completely. And it's really like quite impossible to avoid it completely. Do you find that the student athletes and the coaches that they've gotten used to it? Has this just become a normal part of high school sports in, in this time that we're in right now? I, I would say so. Um, yeah, because like, like I said, you know, this has been going on for, you know, we're coming up on, on two years and a couple months. Um, and so there is just kind of that. They just kind of know what to what, what to expect, you know, like, like, 
like, like I said, you know, this time last year, they, they, they didn't know like what to do or anything. There weren't, they were all just kind of just like scrambling, but now there's kind of more plans put in place and, you know, there's, you know, games can get canceled or like moved around and like everyone's just kind of a, a little more flexible. And I think that's just kind of what they had to do kind of the last, you know, almost two plus years, just kind of, you know, be kind of uh, flexible, be kind of resilient, just kind of, uh, but they, I think there are just, there's just still that frustration of just like, things are going well and then kind of get not knocked off or something like that, or just like a, an outbreak happens with, within a team. And players have to, players or coaches like can't play for, for a week. And so there's just always that kind of, you know, frustration that's kind of, seems like it, with, with everything last couple of years. Has there been a time for you where you've made plans to go cover a game and then had it canceled before you were able to get out there? <laughs> uh, that's basically just like every, like at least like the last couple of weeks, that's kind of been, <laughs> kind of been <laughs> uh, normal. Like even, even Friday night, I was going to go to a Bend uh, girls basketball game and then saw, saw that end up getting canceled. And then it's like, all right, well, where's, where's another game I could go to. And then, you know, you're calling the eighties like, Hey, you guys still, you guys still playing tonight. And then, so like, it, it's fr- from my end, it's, it's, it's not too bad, but it is just like, you know, yet we have like our, you know, our weekly staff meetings, like, all right, here's what we want to do. Here's, you know, we, here we think are like the best games kind of on a, on a daily basis. Here are kind of the, the best stories. And then it could just be like, I'll, I'll cancel like the day of and just kind of have to be flexible. So it, <laughs> what does that look like for you then? If a game gets canceled, especially one that's last <clears throat> minute and you've still got a paper to fill for the next morning, what do you have <laughs> to do? Um, well, <clears throat> kind of, kind of the. Usually, it's it's, it's nothing too bad. I tell like our photographer, like, "Hey, ch- change a plan. We're gonna be here." And then, I don't know. It, 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 I, I wouldn't say it changes like too much. Um, I just kind of will like shoot a message to my editors, like, "Hey, this game got canceled," and then we just like kind of talk through what the uh, what the next best plan is. Um, and so. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of, kind of the same thing, but just, just a different, different game, different school. Do you find that you're having to write a lot more, like feature stories or profiles or more kind of <clears throat> newsy pieces because the games have been affected so much? Um. Yeah, well, and and that's uh, that, that's kind of the the thing we kind of have to do because our our print deadline is you know much earlier in the, in the evening than it than it used to be, so before it was like, you know, I have, have to have a story in by, you know, 11 o'clock. And then like, that'd be a super late night if it was 11 o'clock. But now it's like, our page had to be sent to <laughs> to the press at like seven. So that's just a lot, or it might, it might be eight, but <clears throat> either way, it's, it's, it's impossible to kind of like do like the next day, like game night story in the paper, in the next day's paper. So you do kind of have to you know, so if the game's Tuesday night, it's probably not going to be into the paper until Thursday. And so you do kind of have to, you know, feature it up a little bit and, you know, find different different angles and just like a play-by-play of what, what games are happening or what happened in the game. And so I guess like that, that been doing that a lot more, but that was a, something you kind of had to do before COVID hit. But once, you know, COVID did hit, it was a lot more newsier stories of just like, you know, trying to, 
you'll figure out like what the OSA is doing. So the, 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 the governing body of, of high school sports. So, man, I was talking with, uh, uh, with, uh, the executive director almost like weekly as, which is, you know, way more than I had at any other point and just kind of into the, the bureaucracy of, uh, <laughs> of how things, of how things work and the, how that organization, you know, kind of, kind of works, which is something like I didn't really do that often before. And so, um, but yeah, now, now, now things are kind of, like I said, mo- mostly back to normal and they're just like games that cancel here and there teams that go into quarantine, stuff like that. Um, but I think that's just a, a, a pretty common thing now. I don't, I wouldn't say super common, but it's not like before it was like, if a, if a team like went into COVID, like, like went into quarantine, it was like a, like a huge deal or, or, or something like that. But now it's just like, well, everyone's just kind of at, at some point or yeah, kind of going through that. It kind of feels like the routine now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, oh, game was canceled. We'll see if they, they can make it up. And um, I, I think like right now, they're just all just hoping that they can at least like get, get through this, hopefully, you know, rough stretch, but still have like a, a postseason and whatnot and and all that. But for the most part, I, w- I would say at least like the last couple months, or at least, you know, since like this school year, I would, I would say it's pretty much a pretty normal. Yeah. And sports have continued. Yeah. And and sports sports have continued, continued. you know, whether it's high school or whether it's college, you know, we've seen Mm -hmm. folks take steps to keep things going. And I think, I think that's been, that's been really interesting to see the different ways that people have um, made it work. Uh, We just went through a whole season of football uh, at Oregon state um, with fans in the stands for the first time in quite a while. Um, and you know, when, when you were here at OSU, you covered the Beaver football team, uh, as well as many other teams. Uh, and I wanted to get your take on Beaver football because they had quite a season. They went to a bowl game. Yeah. Uh, they lost in the bowl game, but they still made it, which is, which is good. Uh, and they demolished half their stadium. Uh, have you been mm-hmm. able to keep up very much, uh, on the Beavers? You know, this was like the first year probably since I like was covering them that I was like really like in- invested like in them where it's just like have to make sure to like watch, watch them on Saturday like kind of plan my you know you know Saturday's kind of around it because you know, like it was like when I was covering them and kind of the years to follow it was uh it was pretty bleak <laughs> in terms of just like it'd just be so like just it was it, it, it was sad at times like how like outmatched they were and so it just, it just like wasn't it wasn't a fun time um but this year like this they're, they're, they're like they're back they you know did some good things I, I i guess i did follow them kind of a little more closely like last year so like there was there, there was some momentum that was kind of uh kind of building and you know kind of carried into this year um and as as much as like it it's easy to kind of be like disappointed with how like the year ended, you know, with, with the bowl game and with, with the civil war, you know, I just, I ultimately see like, this was just like a step just kind of in the right direction and try not to get too into uh, like, Oh, the shit that this, 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 this in the civil war, like, you know, back in like the, the sky's falling. Cause it was just like a really fun year kind of, you know, week to week and where it was, you know, you had just like the highs and lows that I go with, you know, following a sports team which was, which was nice to have back other than just like, 
I'm going to be pissed off <laughs> turning on this, <laughs> this Beaver game. Yeah, you get to actually enjoy yourself on a Saturday for once. Uh, yeah. it's, it was quite a while since uh, Beaver fans have been able to do that. Uh, six, seven years ago, things were, were pretty bleak there for a little bit. Uh, what do you think has been the big turnaround for the team? Um, I think they just have like kind of a better a better plan of what they want to be. I, I think Jonathan Smith has been a has been a good hire. was a good hire. Um, I mean, obviously he has kind of that, that, you know, he has, he has the connection to the school having, you know, played there and whatnot. And they, they just seem to like, one of the things I think they, you know, the way like Oregon State kind of has to run their program, they have to be just kind of a coming in just like really develop players. And, you know, the teams, you know, the Oregon State teams that had success in the past, they were all like experienced teams with, uh, you know, a lot of like redshirt seniors, people who have been in the program a long time. And I don't not so sure like they, they got away from that, but I mean, things just kind of went, went, went stale kind of with, with Mike Riley. And then Gary Anderson was, you know, is a viewed as a great hire by many, including myself and turned out to be just a total flop. Um, not sure quite what, were, what, 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 what went wrong there. <laughs> But yeah, it was just, it was just really bad. And I was wondering if it was just like, that would have happened regardless of who was coaching. Yeah. In, in Gary Anderson's place. Yeah. Let's, let's rewind the tape here. Let's go back <laughs> to uh, 20, 2015. I think it was 2015 when Gary Anderson was hired. Right. So Mike yeah. Riley leaves mm-hmm. and Gary Anderson is hired as the new head coach. I remember the big press conference when, when he was announced and, um, he made some remark about having all of his ducks in a row and, and everyone kind of like clutched we, we, their we pearls. Known, we we, we should have known at that point. <laughs> when, known. What do you, cause you covered the team so closely during those years. What do you mm-hmm. remember about that time for Beaver football uh, and being <clears throat> there in that moment? Um, I remember just kind of being a little bummed because, you know, one of the things that, you know, Mike Riley did was like, he had, press could be there like practices were open like fans could come in and watch practice and and all that and that was great and uh you could really just kind of get a view of the team and and whatnot uh gary was a lot more like a lot more corporate he was like you could see you know this this amount of practice you know you can't like just talk to anyone you know after 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 practices or whatnot, it's like we have offense defense days and you know, that that's, you know, pretty, that's pretty standard, but you do kind of get like, you know, miss out on some of those, uh, on, you know, covering things because you only see them for, for a little bit. Um, I don't know. He just like, I don't want to say he was like a jerk, but he was like, <laughs> he, he, was, he was, he was kind of standoffish and just, I don't know. I, I felt like he thought he was like almost at, at times too good for the Oregon state like program. Yeah. And that record really reflected it. Right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, just could never, he was just always just like kind of changing things. Like after the first year, they, his first year there, they like, they have this, uh, they ended up on like a pretty high note after his first year, they, they take Oregon like kind of down to the wire in the, in the, in the civil war, which was like, which 
was really kind of out of the blue because Oregon State was wasn't good and Oregon was at least decent that year. Um, but then he just like was switching around coaches, um, switching around quarterbacks. Just could could never get like the quarterback thing right. Just always seemed to. He just didn't have like the patience to that kind of takes to kind of go through a rebuild. And he has kind of got, he was kind of just all over the place in terms of, you know, you know, coaching quarterbacks. It was just like each week it was like, who's going to play quarterback and rather than like letting someone, whether it was like Seth Collins or Nick Mitchell or Marcus Marion, just kind of like work through and kind of figure things out along the way, just kind of, was this very much and just like a we gotta win now and just like couldn't, couldn't just like see this like hey we need to like build something he's he seemed to always be looking for like quick fixes and like corners of cut and just never really worked out you know and now with jonathan smith the beavers have <clears throat> they're i think they've almost completed that turnaround i mean now they're they're mm-hmm. in a bowl game for the first time in many years um what do you think that smith and the program have done well since he was hired and, and where do you see this going in the next couple of years? Um, well, well, the, the thing with Smith is he, he's, he's come from an offensive background. And so you can see things like offensively that work. Um, they appear to be developing the offensive line pretty well. They're <clears throat> the offensive line, despite like not playing well in the, in the bowl game was regarded as one of the, the better ones in the country. Um, they're up for you know some award that ended up going to Michigan, but I don't know. They they just seem to have they have a plan. And then another thing, or he seemed to like have like the patience where they're just like, all right, we're gonna let you kind of you know build. He had he had a couple you know down years to start off his his tenure, but they kind of let him build, let him kind of develop things, and you're starting to kind of see you're starting to see that where you know they were in like every game they played this year. And that's, that's not something that they had uh, with, uh, with Gary or even early with, uh, with uh, Jonathan. But uh, another thing that I think uh, Jonathan Smith does really well is he's kind of found ways to kind of acquire talent. And he was one of the, so he uses the transfer portal really well. So, I mean, Oregon State's not, you know, really known for having, you know, great recruiting classes, you know, bringing in high schoolers, but, He's able to kind of find guys like, hey, you know, I think there's a couple of receivers that were like at Florida State or Nebraska or, or whatnot, where they're just like, you know, maybe we were like close to getting them out of high school, but you know, they went to, you know, bigger schools or, or whatnot, and they were kind of able to bring them in for like a second go around. And so I think he was, he's been good in that area where just finding different ways to acquire talent. Where do you think the Beavers go from here? It'll be like it'll kind of depend like how things go with. Uh, I think they're going to lose some some pieces on the offensive line, um, and we'll see how they kind of develop kind of you know the players behind them. Um, quarterback will be will, will be interesting. I was really hoping uh, Sam uh, Vidlack would be in the in the mix, but he uh, transferred out because I saw him as a sophomore pitching a couple baseball games down in uh down in Klamath Falls when he was at uh Hidden Valley. So it's hoping that he would uh he'd be in the next way he transferred. So yeah, safe chance Nolan's the guy. I think he was very hot and cold. When he was on, he was on. It was awesome. 
but like, I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks it was in, in some ways that like a, a flash in the pan season, like we were like, like I think your fans are really high after really high after the uh, USC win and the Washington wins. But it turns out like those teams weren't very good. <laughs> and then they had, and then they had like the Utah win, which was, you know, super surprising. So I don't know. I really, I, I really don't. <laughs> I guess that's my long way of saying, I, I hope it's this year wasn't a flash in the pan because it was a lot more fun when the Beavers are, were competitive, but there, there, there's too many question marks for, for, for me to be like, but they have, they have dating uh, Grant back too. And I mean, he's been there a long, long, long time and I like having him around. <laughs> well, whatever they do next season, they're going to have to do it with only half a stadium because they're going to be rebuilding yeah. uh, part of Reeser stadium. They imploded the old side of the stadium just a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, mm. did you get a chance to, to watch that video? It was, it was long overdue. Um, that, um, <laughs> of the, uh, of the press boxes in the Pac-12 that I've been to, it was by far the worst one. Um, so yeah, what what it, made it so bad? What, what was it that made it the worst one? It wasn't so much that it was bad. It was just like the other schools, like Washington State, Washington, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, were just like, just way better. <laughs> um, it, it, it was small. Um, and it was, it was like, it was pretty crowded. Um, I thought the food at the other <laughs> press boxes were, <laughs> were better. I mean, that's such, this is such like a, like, like a media, you know, you know, topic, but uh, <laughs> no, it, it'll be nice just to kind of c- c- like complete the stadium in a way, because it did kind of have like a weird look where it was very nice on one side and just kind of old on the other. Um, but yeah, it's long overdue, and, and I'm glad that they are actually just, like, downsizing, like, the uh, capacity, because I'm I'm very much in the belief that it's better to have, like, a packed stadium, a small packed stadium than a huge, empty stadium, so. Yeah, when it's a little bit more cavernous like that, it really shows up on on screen uh just how a few fans are when when it is a larger stadium like that so you're of the mind pack pack him into a smaller stadium rather than space him out in a larger stadium yeah not not to say too many things tonight about uh oregon but i think they have it right with uh with odson and it's keeping it a compact thing and not they didn't just like try to expand it too much because it it is a cool uh game day atmosphere at odson for sure and i think a lot of it has to do with just uh it being a hot ticket and being uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty packed. At least when they were doing, doing really well. I haven't been to a game there in, in some time. I will say when they imploded that part of Reeser uh, the other week, it is the side with the press box, as you already mentioned. And uh, there was a little part of me that, that got a little, you know, clumped <laughs> a little bit because that's yeah. the side of the stadium that you all, when you were students, covered the games at. You know, in that press box, calling games, writers were up there. Um, was there any, I, I know you already mentioned that it wasn't the greatest press box and a little bit older, but what about the sentimental memories yeah, of it, Brian? Yeah. Is there anything and you're going to hold on to it? There, 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 there was a little bit about that. Cause yeah, there was, uh, you know, me, Brendan, Josh, like it would be like our pregame, like routine would be like get set up in the press box and we'd walk down the, that 
those stairs, walk around the stadium, then then walk back up. It was just like, so yeah, there, there was just like some sentimental sentimentalness to it, and but ultimately, it's it's for the better. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll see what they. Twenty twenty three, the new one's going to be done. Yeah, had a lot of had a lot of good good memories there, but it's most it had very little to do what was happening on the field, but more just like the, you know, that's where a lot of a lot of things just kind of started, you know. Let's think back with the you know you know Brendan and Josh and probably miss, missing a couple others, uh, but yeah, just just a lot a lot of good times, just kind of us figuring things out and kind of it's where where it all kind of started in in, in many ways. Yeah, and we're going to talk about those memories coming up in just a minute here. Let's take a quick break. Uh, more with Brian Rathbone coming up right after this. I also have to say, too, I did not prep my workstation for this podcast. Uh, I did not bring any notebook to write anything down on. I have literally been writing all of this on a gum wrapper <laughs> that I have sitting next to my desk. So, I, I like you said earlier, threw, flexibility is the key, and that's what I've got to yeah, do here. I just threw away a envelope that I had was like writing just a bunch of notes on. So I'm. I, well, that's I, what I you got to do in journalism, right? Yeah. You need whatever scraps of paper you've got become everything to this job. Exactly. Well, on that note, welcome back to the OMN Alumni Podcast. Uh, we are talking with Brian Rathbone, a sports reporter for The Bulletin based in Central Oregon. Uh, Brian, before the break, we were talking about your time covering OSU sports as a sports reporter and sports editor for the Daily Barometer here at OSU. What were some of your favorite memories of your time covering the Beavers? Um, I think, you know, you know, starting off... Um, journalism is just something that's like hey let's let's kind of see what it is like like uh you know Oregon State doesn't have a journalism school or at least maybe it does now but at least it, it, it didn't when when I was there and so it was just like you know I was friends with you know a couple people who were working at the paper and like hey you should do this and so I was like okay and, and that's uh, that and that and that's that yeah it was just like I was driving home from from Oakland and I was like all right tomorrow I'm gonna go apply and so I applied uh Got my first assignment from uh, Andrew Kilstrom and covered a Corvallis Knights game, wrote a story. And he uh, he asked if like my friend had like helped me with it. And I was like, no, nope, this was didn't, didn't get any help on it. He's like, all right, you're pretty good at this. And that was like the last nice thing he ever said to me. But uh, <laughs> like, like uh, that kind of, uh, you know, just like, oh, maybe, maybe this is something that that I can do. Um, and then, you know, one of the, and kind of get in the school year and, you know, you know, the first, uh, assignment that, or the first, you know, beat I was covering was, uh, the Oregon state soccer teams. And I was, I was pretty lucky because I mean, not, not exactly historically a, a great <clears throat> uh, soccer program, you know, recently they've been doing, doing really well, but I was there when I was covering them, they were having like their best, like their best season. And so I was going to all their games. They had, you know, some really good players. And, you know, for, for a long time, I got to, you know, brag about being, you know, the only person who had worked for the barometer that had it, that got to write like a winning playoff story for, 
for the uh, men's soccer team, which has uh, since been beaten. And now I've, I think I've officially passed the torch on to whoever was covering the team, you know, <laughs> covering the team now, because I, I, I don't think I can claim to be covering the, be the best team in Oregon State soccer. Just, that, was just, that was just fun, just kind of, you know, soccer wasn't, wasn't a sport like I knew a whole lot about, but it was just kind of cool just to like, building those kind of relationships early with, you know, the coaches and, you know, some of the players. And, you know, there's a couple of times where I just like go into coach's office and he would just like diagram stuff and like what they're you know trying to do. And just, uh, so that, that was just a lot of fun. And then, and then gosh, the, uh, the very, the very next winter, um, you go into to Wayne Tinkle's uh, first year. And that was like, they, they started the year off with a loss to Western Oregon in an exhibition game. And the thought was like, oh man, this is going to be just awful. It's going to be an awful year and, and whatnot. And it ended up being just a really like exciting year because they was like, they, you know, beat Arizona, they beat, you know, Washington who were, you know, two, you know, tournament teams. And like, it's like, oh man, this is like really just kind of exciting just kind of be, you know, following this team and being, you know, going to their practices and whatnot. So that was just, that was just like a lot of fun to, to be doing. Um, and then, you know, you go, get into to baseball and the baseball program is always, you know, really good. And I went up say, yeah, but that was, just, that was a lot of uh, fun just to, you know, for, you know, job wise, and, you know, it's, it's a pretty fun job when you're <clears throat> covering good teams. Like there's a lot more fun than, covering football <laughs> yeah and you mentioned covering so, soccer kind of right off the bat when you uh, mm -hmm. became a sports reporter for the barometer um and that you weren't super familiar with soccer at the time did you find mm -hmm. that was helpful to kind of be put on a beat that wasn't something that you were already super knowledgeable about um yes and, and it was also like helpful because i was like the only one that was regularly there and because you know you're having to do like all the interviews you're not like in a media scrum where you know everyone you know t tens of questions are coming from you know 10 different people so you kind of have to you know you know run it like like on your own and so you can't coast like, on other people's yeah, questions you can't, you can't coast on other people's questions like oh i was gonna ask that question like you like are the ones that have to ask and that you know i, I think that ultimately you know benefited me once i you know got you know started covering high school sports because there's maybe been like three or four times where I've like been in a <laughs> media scrum um and so yeah that was that was really beneficial um and then yeah just kind of because you don't want to you know sound dumb when you're you know writing about things so it's just always good to just kind of you know ask questions and, um, and mistakes are part of it. You know, everyone yeah. makes mistakes along the way. Uh, was there anything that you remember from your time that was like, all right, you know, I learned from that. Like that's, <laughs> that's a memory that next time I'm in that situation, that's what I'm going to think about. Um, what, one that, that comes to mind. Um, this is after, oh man, the, uh, when, we went to Dallas to cover a, a regional baseball, uh, you know, this was, this was the Oregon State baseball. Uh, as Andrew and I went to, uh, went to Dallas to cover them over at, at Dallas Baptist. And I don't know, I kind of, 
I wrote a story that was like basically like orgs they just like played like crap and and, and whatnot and then I was like and, and then looking back it's just like it, it's probably not good to just like like bash people or teams or, or whatnot um yeah I mean looking back it's like that's probably just not like the the best way to kind of go about it or just like you're gonna try to you know make a name for yourself or or whatnot by you know being like overly negative uh towards things um so I, I guess that that's probably a lesson that I think too many people are just like they they want to you know, you know stand out with like a like a certain take or just like being being overly negative because that you know that's what what drives clicks and whatnot and I, there there was a time where that was you know I thought that's what successful people in journalism did or for successful you know writers but now now looking back at that that's just like that's a really kind of dumb way to go about it. What what made you come to that realization? Did you get any pushback from what you wrote? Um. Well, I, I like, I wish I had learned, learned that lesson a little earlier. Cause like, yeah, there, there was a time, like I wrote some, uh, like kind of a negative thing kind of about high schoolers, which wasn't like super negative, but was like, definitely had like a negative, like undertone where def- definitely in, in Klamath Falls got some pushback. <laughs> and so I, I think ultimately it's like, Hey, these guys are at least the people like I'm dealing with now, these are high schoolers, they're, you know, 16, 17 year, year olds. And, you know, they're amateur athletes and, you know, even, you know, for college, like, even though they're, you know, you know, famous, they're still 18, 19. And I think coaches are, are fair game because they make millions of dollars and, and whatnot. But there's time where it's just like, where it's like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe they're just kind of better to not <laughs> bash kids or, or, or whatnot. Yeah. And I don't think I ever did anything like super malicious or anything like that, but. Yeah, but knowing where to steer, you know, that criticism, mm-hmm. you know, to folks yeah. where it's a little bit more warranted, like you said, for the coaches who are making millions of dollars and not yeah. the 18 the year old who, you know, could get cut at any moment and, and you know, right. Exactly. Is there anything that you remember about your time in student media working for the barometer that still helps you today in your role at the bulletin? Oh man. Well, so, so like one of the, one of the things like, you know, working in student media and especially like in, in sports, you know, student media um, is you, is you are with like, if, like if you're coming fo- football or, or, or basketball, you are in kind of, you know, within, within the, you know, media group and, you know, all the other, um, you know, journalists and, with, you know, with the Oregonian, the GT and, and all those people. And so you just kind of, you know, learn, learn with, uh, you know, through them. Um, but also one of the things that I kind of learned was like, all right, you know, try to find, you know, stories that they're not working on and whatnot, or try to find like unique stories where you're just not, just writing basically like a, a worse version of their story. Um, and so I think 
it, it took kind of kind of while to, to figure to figure that part out where it's like all right how, like what, what story can I tell that's you know unique from like the other ones and you know kind of went and it just kind of helps you you know find better stories and, and whatnot um it just kind of makes you you know look at things look at things differently and so even though like right now I don't have like a bunch of people writing the the same stories that I am it's just just kind of helps you find just like better stories or and, and whatnot so I think that would be a good thing and then just like dealing with chaos <laughs> Where, what kind of what kind of chaos oh you know like things like you know when things just like aren't aren't going like <laughs> as you find like you can have like oh here's how things are gonna go or it could be just like you know changing you know printing operations where it's like all right you go from um a late night deadline to like a early evening deadline and you say i have to uh, you know just on the fly or it's you you get laid off or people get laid off and you just kind of have to you know deal with that or just like applications crashing <laughs> like <laughs> like in like indesign crashing or you know things like that um and now that i'm you know talking a little bit a little bit more on this i'm just now thinking uh one of the best things that i learned from you know student media was there was a lot of uh a, a lot of things like a lot of different skills that i learned like like indesign like how to <clears throat> to lay out pages i think that was probably the biggest beneficiary uh to me when i started um in, in newport because i had to lay out pages <laughs> And so, and I think that was like one of the things I, you know, like I picked up, you know, pretty quickly or I was able to, you know, some people are, they're going into these jobs where you're, you know, the one person staff and you're having to lay out pages, you know, shoot photos and, and do all that and, and write stories. Um, and so you just kind of, uh, you just kind of have to, you know, the, the more kind of skills you have is, you know, the better. So I was able to like quickly like lay out pages and do them. And that kind of, I, I think saved me at least early on <laughs> was just kind of knowing how to do in design, had some photo, like some camera experience. Um, but yeah, I think I just having just a lot of different skills or like even like doing videos. Um, I've started, you know, I, started exploring more of that kind of this last year and i think those have been you know beneficial and those are you know stuff i learned at, at omn for anyone who might be listening who is either just joining student media or maybe they, they've been <clears throat> a part of it but they haven't really done a whole lot yet but they know they they know they like sports <clears throat> what sort of advice would you give them in order to turn that into their passion or, or to be able to turn their passion into something that could lead to a job someday. What advice would you give people who are just now starting in sports at student, me student media? Um, hmm, advice. I, I think like, I think like now with, uh, with, with media and, and sports media in particular, it's so much of it is just like very, just like niche, like interest. Like there's, it's not just like newspapers or it's not just 
like radio shows there's not just tv like being able to <clears throat> be kind of multi-dimensional what, what you can and can't do is is uh, really beneficial even if it's um i mean i mean one of the things like we we, we did was we did uh like, i don't know that's a tough question it's like if, if you want to get into sports just like you know find find ways that like you can stick out and there's a, a lot of different ways that you can kind of do that i, I think that'd be my best advice is find ways that your work can stick out from the, from the others or they're wanting to you know watch your video or listen to your <clears throat> listen to your podcast and uh or watch watch your like little your little shows just, just find different ways to to, to to stand out and especially now with all these you know different platforms and and, and whatnot it's if you have like, if you have decent work and and whatnot, then people will people will find it. But uh, yeah, just say, you know, stay kind of multidimensional or like find find something that works for you that you know people will, will see your stuff. Brian Rathbone, <laughs> you have been an absolutely lovely guest. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Stephen, it was it was a pleasure. I hope. Uh, Hope those who listen enjoyed it as well. Absolutely. Let's do this again sometime. All right. Sounds good to me. My thanks again to Brian Rathbone, and thank you for listening to the OMN Alumni Podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and also go to orangemedianetwork.com for more. I'm Stephen Sandberg. We'll see you next time.